What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Chris Nambu. Continuing our series on teams with the most questions to answer ahead of the next season. We're also going to be talking a, a tier list, some of the great big threes of all time. And we're doing a fun draft also to finish out the show. But a few a few tidbits to get into, even though we are still in the depths of the offseason. There's a few bits that have come out over the past week. What with the schedule release and James Harden's comments about Daryl Morey. So we'll, we'll get into that first of all. Chris, how you doing, man? Dude, I, I there's never a dead period when the 76ers are an organization and James Harden is a part of any NBA organization. It, it doesn't it doesn't end. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm sure I'm a little better than Daryl Morey is. Uh, who actually let let let's give this man his flowers real quick. Daryl Morey just like he is completely unbothered, and I don't think we got to talk about last time. I think Harden made those comments like a couple of days after we recorded that this man is a liar he's not going to be part of that organization and then like a few days later he's make like reaffirming his comments to some random reporter like in the middle of a field with nobody around like he's just like putting out as much as he can like he's got just the deepest bag of tricks when it comes to trade requests and this is just unprecedented it's funny it's hilarious it's beyond our imagination of what players should do during a trade request time and we said then, like last week, like this is going to be a hard trade to pull off. Now it's just impossible. Like, this is untenable. What are the chances he goes to China? <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, dude, dude he, he mentions it. He said, I, I want yeah. to bring my talents to China. The crowd's always great here. I mean, maybe just go over there and be be like their god. Like, why not? I mean, maybe maybe there's not really a place for him left in the in in the NBA. Like it it it's kind of getting to that sort of stage where it feels like that. It's going to come out now. I think the NBA have made an inquiry about the whole situation as a whole. What does that even mean? I don't, uh, even know what that I don't, means. I don't know exactly what that means. Maybe it'll come out what, what happens. You have to assume that it's basically that Maury kind of did harden in with the whole idea of taking the pay cut and then not giving him the big bumper contract. You have to assume that's kind of the way uh, the way it worked out. And unfortunately, it's, it's, it's probably fair on Maury's part. Like maybe he did it. In, a, in the wrong way, but you can't really say that it's a it's a bad business decision, a bad decision for the team's future to not give James Harden a massive new contract, the age he is, and what he can provide to this Philly team. Yeah, and they already they already like I'm pretty sure the last uh, tampering thing they looked at was whether or not there was truly a promise, and I think that was debunked. Like they never promised him anything. That was just maybe like a sense that he got. That was something that was on his end that he expected. But in any regard, like now, now the talks shift over to Embiid and now it shifts over to, oh, where is he going to want to get out to? And that becomes interesting in light of the nothing comments that we were saying he made earlier this summer about um, wherever he wins a championship, wherever. Like someone, someone asking your future with, uh, with your, with your girlfriend and you're like, yeah, Whoever I marry one day, it'll be great. Like, I think it it really it really crystallizes now that I, I think Embiid probably has a better sense than we do of the dysfunction that's going on there, and maybe that's where those comments stem from. But terrible time in Philly. I'm doing better than Philly. Sorry, Philly. That that's I I, I really feel for that because with all the talent on the team, with all the talent you got, you should be doing better. Um, 
Can we check in on our boy Zion though? If you have not seen, finally we we have some we have some uh, off season pictures of Zion and this dude, like, come on, come on, put 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 him put him on a a defensive line. Like this guy is looking jacked. He's he's looking good actually. Like he's looking healthy. Yeah, something or nothing. That's it. Something or nothing. It's nothing right now. Let me see it's it on the right court. Now. It's okay. nothing right now. I like uh, it's great. Like uh, this is what you want to see. Hopefully it sustains, and hopefully that means we're going to see him on the court this year. Because I, I want to see Zion Williamson on for a full season. I, I, I like I I really want to see that. And every NBA fan out there should want to see that. Not just New Orleans Pelicans fans. So good good starting point. Let's hope he builds on it from here. Really, I mean, logically, I just assume that if I see like Zion's sweaty biceps, then he clearly is in good enough shape to play an entire NBA season. That's <laughs> that's just me. I'm not a professional NBA person whatsoever, but I think we have more serious matters to attend to, such as the uh, the former Finals contenders, the Boston Celtics. Shall we? Hey, b- before we get into that, do you want to do oh. you want to mention the the Trailblazers Miami Heat game? The, oh, the one yeah. national television game that that was the only thing that we noticed. Yeah, the, the only really big thing. Um, obviously, some of the the first games that they're putting out there. Um, couple playoff rematches should be fun. Couple play- playoff preview type games, but the most fun one that's going on Twitter right now is the only televised game for the Trailblazers is against the Heat. And that just happens to come a couple days after the trade deadline. Of course, that means nothing. Absolutely nothing. There's nothing to that. Right? Of course. Of course. course. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Definitely not. Definitely not. Not weird. (laughs) No fingers. (laughs) Nothing's happening. But... Um, yeah, that that was the exciting thing. No one, no one's talking about the uh, all the work that the NBA puts into to uh, to get really good matchups on opening day, Christmas Day. No, of course they they had to sneak that in there, and now they got people talking. I, I, I'm sure they did that on purpose because they, they do this with such intention. Like every, I feel like there's you have to keep in mind all the contracts, or maybe it's just a complete accident. It's just like all right, we have to fit them in somewhere, and that just happened to be the day. But it has to be funny for the people making these uh, schedules to see uh, everyone putting on the tinfoil caps. <laughs> and it didn't take long either. It was just like the schedule was released and then boom, that was the first thing. It's everywhere. Like, you know, the first you thing. Can't, you can't slip anything in anywhere. Everything gets seen. Everything gets blown up. <laughs> yeah, no, that was funny. But then, well, now, well, now we'll get into the Boston Celtics, a team that, that definitely have questions answered going into this new year. Different to last year. Obviously, last year they had the offseason turmoil, everything that went on with Yudoka after the finals appearance, uh, new coach, couple couple of additions into the team. Then they all went and they were the best team in basketball for me anyway, right up until the playoffs. And then I don't know what it was. Maybe they just took took their foot off the gas in that first round and they could never really get it back. I know they still made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they never looked like the team that they were to finish out the regular season. Now they've traded smart. They've lost Grant Williams. They've added Porzingis. They've given Brown this massive new contract. And I, as much as this is still a young team, they are still a team that must win now. And I believe they are under the most pressure to deliver this year in the entire NBA, right up there with the Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's their always with Tatum and Brown there they're always going to be up there and I think our questions right now um are a little bit more nuanced like what are they going to look like because I think it's 
I think we can get it out of the way that they're going to be right there contending in the Eastern Conference Finals. They should be. They're, I, I think it's a no-brainer that they signed Brown. You have to. Like, there's no choice. That's just the economics of the NBA. Get that out of the way. Um, we've seen growth from Tatum. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, they still have a hole at the playmaker position. We've already talked about that. Sure. But, like, what what can they look like with what they got? Because I think they've they really went all in on Porzingis, which I think we should highlight here. And to the cost of a player that they they really like losing smart was more than just like a local fans heartache. That is a heartache for Brad Stevens, who drafted him. That's a heartache for that locker room who really grew to respect him. Um, and that's like a major, 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 major heartache for the coaching staff who really want to emphasize defense. And that's just the guy. That's the guy you put on any uh, hardwood that's going to give it all. He's going to coach up other players on the floor. He's going to D up everybody. He's one. He's the first guard to win defensive player of the year since Gary Payton. Like that's, that's more of a loss than I think people are giving that credit for. So I guess we have to look at those, both those things first. And um, I, I want to know from your perspective, I mean, you have been watching your, your boy from afar. KP has definitely had some interesting ups and downs. Did not have the re- result that we thought he might have in Dallas. But honestly, had a really good year last year. Not talked about because he did it in Washington. But on a team that was really not doing a whole lot, KP was a really bright spot for the Wizards. And I thought he, I thought he, was, I thought he had an all-star type season. Yeah, yeah, 100% he did. I think you can see exactly why the Celtics went and made this move. There was times last year that they kind of looked clunky and a bit disoriented on the offensive end. And there's the moments when it when it wasn't happening for Brown or Tatum. There was no one really to, to step in and take over then, especially when Brogdon picked up that injury. And you bring in a guy like Porzingis, and for the flaws that he has and the, the question marks people have about him, he is a really excellent offensive player. He can provide every kind of scoring asset that they could really want in a in a third option realistically on this team. He provides the shooting from deep that they need. He provides post-play shooting off the dribble. And to be able to do that while being the third option is just insane to think about. And the defense is actually a bit more there, especially we saw it last year than and you would have thought in the hole. You always thought of Porzingis as a player who never really did enough on defense for the for the size that he had and compared to what he could bring on the offensive end. But last year he made he he showed that he can add or be a real positive spark as a defender. Now I'm not gonna say he's gonna be the one to build on like a like a Marcus Smart to build the whole or the whole defensive mantra around, but he can definitely have an impact there, but it's the offense that's really going to change things for for this Boston team because I think they have three guys who on any given night can each as an individual take over a game and win a game by themselves. Yeah, and I mean, he, in terms of what he does protecting the Ram, I think now the Celtics have two top 10 rim protectors. On any given night, like, it's it's tough to, to say who's who's the greatest. I mean, you have Nick Claxton up there, Brooke Lopez, Embiid, Mobley. But Porzingis is in that conversation. Time Lord's in that conversation. Um, obviously, can't forget Rudy Gobert. But now the Celtics have accumulated two of those guys. Um, I think defensively, I'm pretty excited for that because 
what he brings to the floor offensively. Like you talked about the post game playing inside out, like the versatility that he brings is something that the Celtics have not had in the front court aside from Horford and Horford does it in spurts, but I think, you know, Horford's post game is, is not something that they go to very often. And it's not, um, I think neither Horford or Porzingis are the type of guys that are first option, you know, post players, but in terms of getting on the switch, Porzingis did really well there. And that's something that they can look to. And the playmaking he has from the post is actually surprising. I think that's, that's something I slept on a little bit is he is an intelligent player in the passing out of the post. So he's, he's not necessarily a, a go-to guy, but when you look at guys like Rob Williams, Al Horford, they really fit in terms of playing this spread out uh, ball movement type uh, offense because they're very smart. They know how to move the ball. They're not going to hold the ball too long. And I think KP can definitely thrive in that type of situation. So aside from the the obvious, like we, we know the shooting, we know the the um, the rim protection that he offers. The things that he's going to do in the post, I think, from a passing perspective, could be could be interesting because they need. I, I think they need a little bit more now that they've lost Smart. You just need that little bit more playmaking, and you don't necessarily want to kill the balance that you have right now with Tatum and Brown because you know you don't want to give Brown more playmaking. You want him just to be a pure shooter, have him be a pure scorer. The easier you can make his life, the better. And I think KP could probably do a little bit out of that playmaking from the high post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, like you said, smart. It's it's all about getting him to be just that dead eye, that that score. That's that's his. That's what he's going to bring. That's what he needs to deliver on. Tatum, obviously, he can. He's going to improve his game as a playmaker. I think we've seen that year on year, and he's going to. I think he's going to do it again this year. I think he'll improve improve again defensively as well, which is a big plus for this team, especially. With losing, uh, with losing Smart and also with losing Grant Williams, that's another another key, uh, a key defensive piece that they've they've given up. But you look at them on the whole now, and would you say that they are a better team now than they were to finish the playoffs last year? I that remains to be seen, and the the one reason for that is the defense. I mean, offensively, absolutely. I I think they're. You did get the you did get the playmaking from Smart, but it wasn't it wasn't always consistent. And I think there would there will be some addition by subtraction because I think I just trust the playmaking from Brogdon and White a little bit more, and I trust the shooting from Porzingis and what he would do with the ball in his hands a little bit more than Smart. So offensively, I, I think it's a plus. And on top of that, the lineups that they're going to be able to put out there with Porzingis at the five, Tatum at the four. Brown at the three and their two guards up there. Like that is ultimate spacing for them that they wouldn't have had before, along with the rim protection that they would have had with Williams just without the spacing there. So I mean that they will have a really great death line up there if if Porzingis can play the five and stay healthy there. Defensively, though, that's where I'm I'm I, I don't think they'll like sink necessarily, but I think. It's it remains to be seen like how big of a factor that will be in terms of you know leadership on the floor. Cause I, I think defense is so much about communication. He's just their number one communicator. He's the number one guy out there that is really locked in and engaged and keeps people engaged. How much fall off do you get when you lose a guy like that? And you can't really predict that. Yeah. You know, it, it's easy to let so look at the tape and just be like, oh, well, you know, they white's a great defender, sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. Brogdon, good defender. Like, 
you shouldn't lose too much, but I think it goes beyond that. And you'll have to wait and see like how that, how that unfolds on the floor. Yeah. You have to see that growth from Tatum. He that like the leadership element is going to have to fall more. It's going to fall on his, uh, on his shoulders to, to deliver. And I'm not saying he's going to just instantly be Marcus smart. There's no way to just instantly fill that role and take it up. But that's, that's a position that that Tatum's got to realize is, is it's on him now. He's got to be the lead guy for this team. And, and, uh, not just on the whole, but on the defensive end, because they need that. Uh, every team needs that leader, that guy that keeps the guys engaged. That is kind of the the centerpiece of the whole defensive system, and that has to be that has to be Jason Tatum now. And it's going to come down to health with this team, though, because you look at like Robert Williams and Porzingis; they're healthy. Like this seems like great. It's the the rim protection is, is unbelievable. But if they're not healthy, and then their big rotation is just what Luke Cornett and Al Horford. Like that's 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 gonna be a bit worrying. So the health is gonna be a big thing. Obviously, uh Porzingis has that issue now. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce it, but uh he's got that issue now and he's not gonna play in the FIBA World Cup, but they're hoping he's gonna be cleared for, for training camp. So that is a plus, but with a guy like Porzingis, when you hear okay, it's another injury, that that has to make you worry just that little bit. The good news is last year he was as healthy almost as he's ever been in the NBA. And that's the plus you got to hope for. And hopefully he gets back now and he's good for training camp and he can just move on from then and not not start picking up a lot of different little injuries uh, leading off from this. Yeah, 65 games. Like I, I was kind of thinking like giving him crap for the plantar fasciitis. We, we ran into this last year. There's all plantar fasciitis is you got to start practicing that because there's a lot of plantar fasciitis injuries now, but I mean, 65 games, that's the most he's had in a long while. And albeit a lot of that played at the four. So again, you, you wonder how he'll hold up playing the five and you wonder is time Lord also going to be healthy, especially man, that that's, we haven't talked about it since the playoffs, but to see him come back early from his knee injury, and to just see just that slight little bit of hesitation he had on some plays, the slight little limp he had, like I I do worry for that because he's such an essential piece to this team. Like that, it's undoubtable how important he is going to be, especially now what he does defensively to to keep everybody in line. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's that's an interesting, you know, maybe place of growth for for Williams, like is who's going to step up on defense? Who's going to be a, a major comedian? Obviously, everyone has to talk, but who's going to be the the heart and soul of this defense now? That That's that's something that has to be filled. And Tatum's not that guy just because that's not his personality. Brown's not really that guy. It's not really his, his personality. And that's that's an interesting – that was an interesting dynamic of this team before where you had two guys who were the best players on the team, but they were more lead-by-example – cool and calm you know every, everything's going crazy but they're they're a calm presence but marcus smart was a fiery presence like he brought it and he would force others to to get there maybe i mean maybe you get that out of out of a guy like brzinkis I, I don't know you've you've seen that he people have been saying like he's he's definitely been a locker room presence but do you think uh do you think he could be a guy to to bring that i, I didn't believe when i first read it but i don't, I don't know no no like in my head i picture him of being kind of the 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 flaked kind of guy he just does what he does and kind of uh hopes it kind of works out around him that's a, that's what i would that's the image i have of porzingis in my head but i mean maybe maybe he could be a guy that kind of demands that that little bit from others but it's tough when you're a guy that uh 
that doesn't know how often he's going to be on the floor and he and he's just coming into a new another new team. That's the only thing where I'd I'd look I'd maybe question it there. But another interesting thing is you you look at there might be more moves to be made for the Celtics team because the depth might be a little bit of an issue, especially if there's any injuries to either Williams or or Porzingis. So you think maybe they need to to add another guard, maybe they need to add another big slash wing. Where they're going to be able to do that? They've obviously used up a lot of assets. They've already they already, so it it could be tough for them. But I'd say they're going to be a team that's definitely got their ear to the ground at any potential little moves that can be made because they maybe just need to add that little bit more depth just by the injury history of the guys like like Williams and Porzingis and and maybe even Brogdon if Brogdon's not able to to come back at a hundred percent. One thing that's interesting though is Joe Mazzula. They obviously have decided that he's the He's the guy for them because I think mm-hmm. if they were going to make a move, they would have done it this offseason because there was a lot of top-level coaches that were that were available and they, they could have made a move if they wanted it, but they I guess they believe that Joe Mazzula showed enough last year that he can lead this team. The only thing, maybe it wasn't down to him, but the drop-off, like I mentioned earlier, the drop-off from the regular season to the postseason was a big disappointment for the Celtics team and it's going to be interesting to see if that is a reoccurring issue or if that was just a one-off thing and they, they bounced back this year. Yeah. And that, I think that connects perfectly to what I was thinking is, is the depth and depth has been something that Celtics have like the, the way that they put that roster together, the just anyone you put on the floor, they were going to work perfectly together and you had enough to survive. Um, no one injury was going to take down the whole team. And I think a big marker of how good Missoula is, is also player development. And he hasn't really had that on his shoulders because he's only been there for one year. His players are pretty much established, but now you got a couple of new faces and I don't think they are nothing like take a page out of the nuggets, but Christian Braun, Bruce Brown, two guys that were not considered to be some like, major pieces of a championship team that ended up becoming that because they were consistently used in the right ways throughout the season. And then when it mattered, that role was carved out for them. And you contrast that with Grant Williams and Grant Williams did it like a player has to play. Like, so it ultimately comes down to the player making those plays, being in the right positions, being ready to play. And maybe that was, it was on his, in his own head and not making the right moves and, People are going to remember all the the clunky lowlights that he had in the first half of the last season and, you know, think of that as why. But I, I also still think that for a player that played so well the season before and was so instrumental in their run um, to the finals, I, I I don't think they're, there's no blame to play some Missoula to having that sort of continuity. So when you look at a couple of guys on this team this year, they're rookie Jordan Walsh, who's looked Excellent. And legitimately looks like a rotation guy. Like with the energy he brings on defense, if he can keep up that shooting and, you know, he can put the ball on the floor, play in the open court. Like he's, he's an energy guy and he's a guy that could play on the wing and defend two through four for sure. Maybe even some ones. And then you look at another guy they brought in who had some flashes with the Raptors, but has a lot of raw potential, but the size that he brings at the one position, like Delano Banton is Probably a lot of people don't know that name, but he's a guy with the physical tools and, you know, the, the athleticism and the defensive potential that this team would need to like have a little bit more depth, like you're talking about. 
but what it requires is, you know, what what Mike Malone would do throughout the season is you'll just trust those guys, regular season games, put them out there, put them in real game situations. And it's not pretty at first when Christian Braun is a rookie and and playing just like 10 minutes a game and looking like crap for the first quarter of the season. But the confidence would grow. And then you get a guy who's a rookie that's competing in a championship game, hmm. competing against LeBron James of the world. Like, I think a big thing that uh, Missoula could do to prove that he's a great coach is not just have these veterans be good because they're already good, which put them in the right positions. That's that's essential. That's, I think, the bare minimum. The bare minimum of his job is making sure this team that's constructed perfectly by Brad Stevens to play exactly how Missoula wants to play. High volume threes, a lot of spacing, make everything easy for Tatum and Brown to operate in space and kick down to a shooter, pick and pop. You basically you basically just got Brooke Lopez that can put the ball on the floor and Chris Dallas statistically. If he can do that, fine. But if he can also get a little bit of growth from some of these other guys to add some more continuity to the playoffs so that if, if you have a Malcolm Brogdon injury, there's, you're not panicking. You have a guy that has minutes. If you have a Jalen Brown or a Tatum get injured for like 10 games, you, you have at least something to plug that up with. It's like someone who's actually going to get in there because I, I, I think those are the little things that, that made the nuggets the type of organization that they are, where they have that much depth. You're like, who's that guy? Well, you know who he is now because Brown developed him and we'll, we'll see what the Nuggets do with their, some of the young guys now too, but I think they'll continue to do that. And I think Missoula could, could do something big with those players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like you said, that's where you, the, the true test of the great coaches that, that is that player development, not just coming in and, and coaching the best guys, but also bringing in, not saying they all have to be the best rotation guys around straight off the bat, but even if one of those guys that you mentioned there can be an important rotation piece for this team, that's a big plus for, for Missoula and for this, uh, for this Celtics team. So final question on them. What do they, what do, what, what do you think of them this year? For me, I think they, they should be in the NBA finals. I think they've got the best, the best roster. If, if healthy, if Porzingis and Williams both able to play at least 60 games this year, I think they should be in the NBA finals. Yeah. I, I think that's every, every year it should be. That is expectation every year that Tatum and Brown are on the same team on the Celtics. And that, that's my expectation. Absolutely. Yeah. No questions yeah. asked. Yeah. And then on a switching over to the West and a team on a, in a bit of a different round, the Sacramento Kings, they had their bounce back year last year, 48 and 34 third in the Western conference, a breakout year from Fox, all NBA, all-star clutch player of the year. Finally seeing why the Kings believed in him so much They finally had a really decent roster around him. And they they achieved something they hadn't done for a long time. Murray, uh, Keegan Murray looked like a great rookie. He definitely showed enough that he can grow and be a, a really decent player in this league. Sabonis obviously had a great impact. Herder had a solid impact. They basically stayed together for the most part this offseason. A few, few minor additions. Now you look at it and think, can they sustain what they did last year in a in a obviously in a Western conference that is improved on, on last year yeah i think it's a it's a really interesting question for the kings because when we think about teams getting better oftentimes it's about the moves that they made it's about maybe a new coach something like that but the kings really decided to just stamp that and very often for the kings that's maybe not a great decision but i think it's the smartest thing that they could have done best offensive team 
in the league last year managed to I mean they they were they gave the Warriors such a run. Like in in the playoffs that that was not there wasn't a a question of a major question of talent difference. Like that there was never some overwhelming moment where the Kings were just outmatched. Like they were they're right there. And I think for that to have been the outcome to competitive, to be incredibly competitive and pressure the Warriors to really give it their all. I think the Warriors were gassed after that series. That's a testament to Coach of the Year, Mike Brown, and what that team can really do. And to keep that squad together and to expect a little bit of growth from within their team, that's how they're going to get better. It, that was just year one of them being in a Brown system. So I, I think simple answer to that is, yeah, I expect them to get better. I expect them to, at, at a minimum, maintain the level of success they had. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I would look at it and just think that you look at them, they were the number one offensive team, but the 25th defensive team. Yeah. And in the playoffs, as, as like, you absolutely make the argument, Fox doesn't get hurt. You definitely think the, the Kings legitimately probably could have mm-hmm. and maybe should have won that, won that series. When they needed the defense to, to rely on the defense a bit more in that in that final game when Steph was just going off, they didn't have that that uh, impact there, and that's where you look at the possibility of them not improving. It's just the defense. Will that defense hold them back? Because you think Sabonis, he's going to be either side of twenty points, either side of twelve boards, either side of six assists on the whole. Then you have the question mark about his defense. Fox again, he's going to be super clutch for you. Your lead guy, a twenty-five and seven type of player. But then you're like, what's he going to bring defensively? And then you say maybe Keegan Murray, the third best player. I think he's going to show that this year. Got that three-point shooting. He can be a fifteen-plus point per game scorer, but a good rebounder for position. But the defense there, and you you look at all the teams that are in that Western Conference, and you're thinking, you know what you're going to get defensively from the Warriors, the Lakers the Suns, the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, even the Clippers, if they're healthy. And that's when you just worry, like, is the defense going to hold this Kings team back? And I, I I, think that it might, even though I'm such a guy who's always like, I'd rather have the number one offense than the number one defense. But the the ability that they've got as a whole to, to be a solid defensive unit, I think that might just hold them back from really kicking on and... Uh, and becoming a team that wins playoff series every year. Yeah, I think the the players that that do the only player that I'm honestly concerned about defensively is Sabonis, just cheerily from ability, mm-hmm. and a little bit Murray. Murray and Barnes, similar player. Barnes is a more natural defender, and and I think he's he's been doing this long enough where he knows how to how to adapt to faster players than Keegan Murray. Murray might take a little bit more time as a tweener to kind of get to defending faster guys at the two and the one on switches. Um, where, where Barnes, I think, is a little more adept at that. But honestly, I, I don't think that there's a cap on the defensive potential if we believe in Mike Brown's system defensively, um, besides um, Domas. Like, the there is a ceiling based on how good Sabonis can be defensively, which isn't very good, to be honest. Um, and getting Nerlens Noel isn't necessarily going to fix that. But, I mean, that is another tool in the toolbox for Mike Brown to play with. I, I just think that 
Fox from what you saw from him defensively when it mattered in the playoffs. Like he was absolutely like he, he had elite defense throughout that series. Like when he was on the floor, he was getting through screens. He was getting out to shooters. He was navigating uh, the Warriors offense as best as you could expect anybody. Um, Davion Mitchell, like he, he wasn't a Curry. Style. Like you can't stop Curry. But I don't think I've seen a lot of players make Curry work the way he did. Then uh, again, Curry still is – that's why Curry's one of the best players of all time because he had to take it to that next level. Like, but that that that's the thing. That's the difference between mere mortals and, and players like Steph Curry is that Steph Curry just had to take it another level and he was still going to drop 30, 40 whenever he wanted to. But Mitchell made him work. I mean, and, and I think what you saw from him – disregarding the point total from Steph Curry. Davion Mitchell is a guy that's going to continue to bring defense to this team. And how Mike Brown decides to use him more and what situations, what lineups, like there, there are things that, that this team can do with, with Murray, with Mitchell, with, with Fox. And I think, you know, Monk is not a regular season uh, defender, but in the playoffs, like he showed it, like, like he, he has, you when you have competitive guys like that in the playoffs, like, then they take pride in that. Maybe in the regular season, not so much, but Malik Monk, not a great defender, probably not a good defender, but the effort was there. And I think that that's probably a big testament to Mike Brown. Like that that competitive spirit wasn't just going off on the offensive end, but to get a guy like Monk, who I think, you know, you, you would make assumptions about his efforts on defense. Like to get a guy like him to be that competitive on that end in an important scenario like that, I think that speaks a lot. So maybe... The question is how how good is Mike Brown to make a team that's a twenty fifth best, maybe eighteenth, nineteenth, yeah. maybe fifteenth. If they're getting up to like you know fifteenth, fourteenth best defense for a regular season, then that's that's a I think it's a pretty big prognostic on like how good they're going to be throughout the playoffs. Because that, like you said, like that's like the one that's the one thing to be the number one offense, sure, but you can't defend. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. can they can make a little bit of improvement there with Brown. Yeah, I hope I hope so. And like you said, like Mike Brown is a, a, an excellent coach. You have to they the Kings as an organization obviously believe in what he he has done, and how could they not after what he did for them for them last year? I think uh, developing Davion Mitchell into a guy that you know can consistently be like a twenty five minute, maybe more minutes a, a night. He can do enough as a as an offensive player and not just be that defensive stopper. That's that could be key for them really developing into a, a a better defensive unit. I think he's a he's definitely a key piece where you like believe that his best quality is is going to be his defense. It's just can he bring enough as an all rounder to be a a high level minutes guy, a high level rotation piece. That's going to be going to be crucial for them. But thinking of the Kings as a whole, it's definitely just another year where you're like these guys are going to get better, even better offensively. Fox can take can can do better. Sabonis can be can be better. I believe Keegan Murray is going to have a really good a really good second year. So it's definitely the Kings are definitely one to keep your eye on again and just watch what they do as a unit. And you think as much as the Western Conference has improved, you could still see them going on and winning fifty games again this year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and one thing too, like on them improving is I I want to be pretty confident that Kevin Herter's 
not going to shoot what was it 20.5 percent from three again in the playoffs mm-hmm. i think i think if carter just shoots normal one of the best catch and shoot players in the league one of the best three-point shooters last year like if he plays normal like they they may win that series yeah so i i, I think even offensively there's potential for them to get better there um well, what about growth in certain players well besides Herder, obviously shooting normal how much better do you think Monk can get Murray can get. I think Monk is a kind of is at the level that he needs to be at. Like he's a guy who's going to get you fourteen points a night off the bench, be a brave scorer when you need it. And like you said, he's got that determination. He's that competitor. No, he's not a good defender, but he's going to give it his all when he's out there on the floor. So I think he sustains the level that he's at now because he's going to be he's he's a, he's the sixth man basically for this. Uh, for this Sacramento team. So I think the level that he's at now, if he just sustains that, maybe shoots a little bit better from three. I think he was he was pretty decent last year. Can sustain that. He's around the 36, 37 mark. Uh, he remains a, a really decent scorer and he and he keeps that fire inside him so he can deliver when it gets to the playoffs. I think that's exactly what you need for him. Murray, like you were saying, if, if he can just get up to the, 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 the speed a bit more on the defensive end, I think he's going to continue to to hit the hit his three point shots, he's gonna get better putting the ball on the floor, and he's gonna mm-hmm. become much more of an asset for this team. I, I I'm predicting a big second year from him. I love what I saw from him as a rookie. He almost got forgotten about last year a little bit because the the Kings were having so much success. He wasn't really talked about in terms of the best rookies and and and, and things like that. He wasn't really in those conversations, but he had a really big year. He's already now got a bit of playoff experience under his belt, and. I believe he's maybe he's not going to be the a forty point percent three point shooter again, but as long as he's somewhere in the the thirty seven thirty eight realm, I think they've got a great piece, and I think he's going to add that little bit more as a cutter and as a guy who's going to be able to put the ball on the floor that a little bit more. Yeah, I think his his shooting percentage is going to go down, but it's because I think he's going to take harder shots. Mm-hmm. Four is just catch and shoot, catch and shoot, and come off screens. But his ability coming off screens is great, and like his footwork on as a movement shooter, pretty good. And I think that's really translated to some of the growth that we saw from him last season and putting the ball on the floor and shooting from the mid-range. And then you saw those flashes in the playoffs when there's a couple couple lulls, Fox is getting doubled, you know, Sabonis is tired, and where do you go? Monk's on the bench. Okay, Murray, look, put the ball in his and he was driving to the rim. He was getting floaters off. He was playing pick and roll, like, as, as a ball handler. And I think in the playoffs to see Brown let him do stuff like that, that was eye popping. Mm-hmm. That was like, okay, this is not just some 21 year old, old quote unquote old rookie who just is here to be a really good role player. Like they think he's going to do more than that. And I think that puts into perspective his 41 perform 41 point performance against uh, I forget who they're playing, but in the California classic, that performance in and of itself doesn't mean much because it's summer league, but to see the full package on display that he's not just a um, catch and shoot guy. He's not just a slasher, not just off ball, but the fact that you're going to put him in a pick and roll situation, reject the screen, get to his spot. He'll snake a pick and roll, get to the mid range, get to his spot. He'll attack the pick and roll and get to a step back three. Like there's a lot in his bag that I think a lot of people did not think he would have at this stage. So as a sophomore, like I think he definitely has a lot of range to work with. And they're going to need that for an offensive team like the Kings are going to have 
major target on their back every single time they they come up you know teams are going to be trying to defenses are going to be very motivated to take them down but he really is going to bring i think a new a new kind of face of this um and speaking of new faces have you ever heard of sasha vizenkov i've heard, I've, heard I've heard the name i probably never i'm gonna to have to practice actually saying that but it's so much I know that the, the Kings are definitely excited about him. Uh, it's he's he's gonna be an interesting one to watch. So you're you're a league superstar. Not sure if he's gonna join. They end up getting him. That's their one, their one acquisition. And so and someone made like this point where hey, no one knew who uh, Boyan Bogdanovich was until he made it to the NBA. No one knew who Bogdan was, um, et cetera, et cetera. No one knew who Bielitsa was. But this guy, I'll give one stat, like. If you just watch his tape, just ultimate catch and shoot wing. He's kind of like he's he looks like kind of a boyan. Like he's kind of built like that. He's a he's a big wide wing. Definitely can like play in the post against switches, but knows how to slash. And he's a shooter, man. Like he's got a quick shot. He scored two hundred seventy five points last season, twenty six dribbles. That's that's stupid. That's that's Clay. That's Clay Thompson esque. So just a fun little stat there for a guy that they that they got. I think it was clear to them, you know, they need a little bit more shooting in the playoffs if you don't have a uh, Kevin Herter going. But just an interesting name to keep an eye on. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe another rotation piece that you didn't think that they they needed, but will add a little bit more shooting for them down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting one. It's you're hearing a lot that the Kings, as a, as an organization, are, are definitely excited that they were able to to bring him in. I think I'm definitely on the side though. I think they're gonna have to make that improvement on the defensive end to be able to to improve this team as a whole. And like, like you said, it doesn't have to be anything major, but if they're inside the top 20, you know, they made the, the adjustments They're they're making improvements. They're, they're learning together as a team. And I think that will allow them to go and match what they did last year, maybe win a couple more regular season games. And in the right situation, you definitely believe that they can win a playoff series now going into this new year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see what you get out of the Warriors next year if if you're if we're thinking who's getting better i think i think i believe just as much in the kings getting better as i do the warriors maybe getting a little worse just out of staleness there's there's a new this there's something there's something about the kings and what they're doing that 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 vibe of a new team that's coming in new coach new system and the warriors and you know all the all this noise around losing pool Draymond getting a little bit older you don't really know like what their their future is. Some of their players being in trade talks. Like there, there's a freshness about continuity that I think will matter for the Kings. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting one. But we'll, fin- we'll finish it off there, and we'll go over to suffer a bit of more fun, fun uh, off season uh, chatter. At a, a tier list for the for big threes. There's been a lot of big threes down the years, but. We are gonna look at some of the some of the most notable ones and put them into a tier list. As as usual, we'll go E for elite. We got A, we got B, and we got C. Now we're only gonna be talking big threes from the nineties and the two thousands. So me and Chris are gonna go back and forth. We'll discuss them and see where we wanna where we wanna put these guys. Chris, you wanna you wanna start us out? Are we gonna start with? elite or I'll, I'll give actually i'll give you one to put it in perspective let, let, let's do that let's do that um so we're doing eab where are you putting the celtics big three of Allen, pierce and garnett 
made it to two finals, won their first one together, did not beat Kobe the year after. Where do you put them? I, 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 I'm kind of tempted to put them in the B, but they got the ring, so I'm like... The one ring. They got the one ring, but they got and they got the two finals. They they put this team together to to dominate the East, and they they didn't really do it as much as they should have. So yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna slip them into the B. I think. I think they could go yeah. A, but I think I'm gonna put them in the B. Yeah, that I think that's the correct decision, and, and I think that'll become clear. So we're not talking about 80s either. When, when you when you include the 80s, then it's like okay, we can't we can't put them there. But I was I was right there with you. Mm-hmm. Right, well, yeah. we'll see how many we'll see how many we agree on here. I think so it, like some me, of them are just one. so are so obvious. Like the, the, actually, I'm gonna start off with a with a bit of an interesting one for you. Okay. This this could go this could go bottom or this could go this could go right there with the with the sun there with Celtics guys. A team that never won a ring, but Nash, Stadmire, and Marion, the Phoenix Suns. Remember the Phoenix see. Suns? They're they're see. they're a run. We're going. See, we're talking bottom. See, see, see? they did not okay. win a champ, and that—that's the harshness of it. Like the best trios in history have to win a championship, and I think winning just one championship is almost that—that's a demerit. That—that that puts if if the Celtics had pulled off a back to back, and they had won, and th- this is not even mentioning uh, Rondo on that team, yeah. but they they would have been an A tier for me. But to not win one at all, I, I have them in an honor. Of, Honorable mention. They're they're the C. Yeah, yeah. I think, sure. I think I think that's fair. It's just they obviously you know that was oh the 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 prime Steve Nash. He won his two MVPs. That team that won the sixty games and they they really should have. They really should have at least. They didn't even make a finals, right? They didn't they didn't even make the finals. Like that's that's insane. Like that was such a such a disappointment for for a guy like Steve Nash and Stadamar. That was their, their their prime years and they couldn't even get into a get into a finals. They were definitely ones that that were a bit of a letdown. All right. B tier for disappointment. We'll leave him there. <laughs> I got an easy one. Parker Ginobili Duncan. Yeah, well, we 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 know where that's going, don't we? Uh, right in the C tier. Now, obviously, that's but elite, elite, five elite. championships, four of them won. That's a, that's a pretty good winning percentage. If if my math is correct, that's eighty percent, and that's far better than uh, any of the LeBron teams that we can't talk about in the teens but put that in perspective i think that's that's got to be up there one of the easier ones yeah I mean, that thing that's against, that the, the only thing that's about. against them is is the fact that they never did back to back let's say you the only thing you can hold against yeah. it the, but the, they won 50 the, games or more every single season yeah like that's, every single season they're that's crazy that, they, that those three the best best coach around uh they added Kawhi in towards the end like this they they were uh and it's an outstanding team, all, all round team. It was uh, they were they were an unbelievable trio. And shout out to the Spurs for obviously Duncan was the number one you knew, but getting Tony Parker and Ginobili in and 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 uh, developing them the way they did just unbelievable. I'll go for another another easy one from the nineties. Let's just get it out of the way. Jordan Pippen Robin. Yep, yep, easy. Um, th- throwing Horace Grant Grant there too if you want on uh, the earlier years. Um. But yeah, that that one's obviously easy. That that is the here's a question: Who's if we're counting all the all the trios, all the trios, eighties, nineties, two thousands, two thousand teens? Is there any trio that you would even consider putting above them? Just in terms of thinking about both success and just sheer talent, or maybe just sheer talent. 
sheer talent alone. Sheer talent, you could definitely, nah, nah, probably even not, probably not. You maybe, maybe like the KD, Clay, Curry, maybe possibly just sheer talent. But I think, I think they're probably, I think Robin, Robin, Pippen, Jordan, they're probably top, top tier, top of, top of the elite tier. I think. Yeah, that that is a tough. That that one is one that always gets brought up. Is like, was it that seventy three win Warriors team? Did do they come close? And obviously, we're not including them because that that becomes an interesting conversation just to put it into perspective. But um, sticking in the two thousands, though, Kobe, Powell, and Lamar Odo. Where do you put them? Three straight finals, one two of them. Um, oh, I'm probably gonna go A. I think I'd put them in the A. Oh, okay. Just, just outside. Because I think yeah, you're the putting them in the team... same tier as as uh, as the Spurs, putting them in the same tier as the Bulls, two time three P. No, I'm putting the E E. They're in E. Spurs, Spurs and Bulls are in E, bro. I'm talking A here. We're talking A tier. Okay. A okay. 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 This, this trio. This is this trio is going in the A tier. Obviously, they had they had uh, a lot of a success. They. Could have they could have maybe got a got another ring in there, but I think you go go three years and they're they're prime they're prime output. They they did a lot. They had the two rings, went to three finals. It's hard to argue with that. But they they don't they they just miss out on the on the elite tier. Yeah, that that is very close to Alan Pearson. And that that's funny that you know it comes down to a couple games between where we see those two teams. The Celtics are always going to get clowned for only winning one championship in the last couple of decades and always still talking about that one championship. But what the Lakers did going three straight, winning two, obviously Kobe won with Shaq as well. But uh, I I think that team was probably one of my favorite teams of the 2000s. That, what they did them against Allen, Pierce, and Garnett, that that whole series, like that was, that was some good basketball. Them and the Spurs. And now that we're talking about like these teams in the 2000s, like it's, and we talk about the 90s, not even talking about the 80s. I think it's funny that our, our hindsight's a little, a little bit blurry because all we see for the past decade is just the Heatles, LeBron Love, Kyrie, Steph Clay, Draymond, and Steph Clay, Durant, Draymond, and all that. Like there, there's so much more, there's so much more greatness that was behind them. And it's tough to see where they stack up just thinking about those teams just right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll finish off with another Lakers one the the Shaq Kobe Fisher trio that uh, that Fisher counts. Fisher counts. Unless it's you Fisher want, counts. Is Phil Jackson the other member of that? that the big trio? big three. I okay. Mean, like, what are you, uh, you got Lamar Odom uh, in there. Like, come on, like, I, like oh, uh, come on, Lamar Odom wasn't Lamar Odom had was an all star. Lamar Fisher right? was clutch, man. You said it yourself when we did the. the he he was, was clutch. But it was it was one of the best because he wasn't. Am I crazy? Lamar Odom was an all star. All right. I, 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 looking back right at this point, I, I I think I'd have Lamar Odom and Derek Fisher in a similar category yeah. of player. Now now I need now I need to fact check myself. That that's you you're saying Lamar Odom and Derek Fisher, same tier player. Yep, I'm going with that. I stand I stand by that. <laughs> Okay. Derek Fisher I mean, was, I was there wrong. for those, those ones too, right? I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong, actually. Lamar Odom has never won, has never made it to an all-star game. There you go. That's that's crazy. That 
I wonder if that speaks to like, you know, players that win championships on really good teams and are just like obviously very important, but but then their their legacy gets kind of blown up. Cause I was so convinced, like it was obvious in my head, Lamar Odom was an all-star. He was not one one six man of the year, one rookie, he was all rookie, but besides being a two time NBA champ, I guess I guess not. Wow. All right, you learn something every day. There you go. So what are you thinking? Are, are Shaq, Kobe, and, and Fisher are they Fine. in the same tier? Fine. Fine. I guess Shaq Shaq counts for like two two players. That's fine. I'll yeah, give it exactly. to you. Just like Kobe, right? <laughs> what who are you do, thinking? Who, I I got one more. Um what tier? What tier? You never told me what tier you're putting the putting Shaq Kobe and, and Fisher in, bro. Oh, uh, I thought that was obvious. Like, if if it's Kobe and Shaq, that that's got to be that's got to be E. E. Yeah. That's got to be E. Just in terms of like, you got to put it in the context of talent. Um, maybe the domination not... level of those two. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was that sick. that was just like it. There's they did not win as many championships as your MJ's as your Spurs, but just what they did domination wise on the court, what they could have done if they kept going. Um, that was probably one of the most dominating final say trios, duos, trios, whatever, uh, <laughs> of the two thousands easily. Like, yeah, like the, three, three straight and four straight finals, three straight rings, four straight finals. Yeah. Like they, they were, they were unbelievable. And Shaq at that time was just, just next level. And Kobe obviously was only kind of coming into his own at the start of it, but by the end of it, he was, he was the star as well. And that's ultimately why he broke up. But uh, on the whole, the domination level that 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 Lakers side was was next level. They got they got to be got to be in the elite tier. Yeah, that was just a time period where it's like the East just sucks because yeah. <laughs> because Shaq and Kobe out west, Spurs out west, and it's like who like no one no one's competing with them. You got one more for me. Where are we putting it since you, since you put the what if there? I have to ask you where you would put. Durant, Russ, and Harden, since you wanted to put um, your what if with Nash. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure if we were doing KD, Russ, Harden, because I mean, like, technically they were more of a team. They were coming into their own in the early 2010s, but I guess they were put together in the 2000s. So uh, they needed to be together long. So I guess they got to be in C, C as well. They made it, they did make it to the finals, admittedly. They did, they did do that, but. On the whole, they're not they're not on the same level as, as Alan Garnett, Pierce, that Celtics, that Celtics teams. They gotta be down there with the Suns in the C tier. If they that I think that that has to be the biggest what if team. That's the biggest oh, what yeah. if trio. Like if personality wise that worked out somehow. And then just health wise, if they could have stuck together like that. Would that would that have been the best if they were if they were like I want to say normal. That seems a bit offensive. But if they're normal, dude, just like they could just work together, just like sit down and and work out their differences and like really just play together and commit to a team. Like, would that have been the greatest collection of talent ever? Oh God, right, right up there. I think. I mean, you get why it, it's been up in the end, not outside of the personality wise. But I think, like, imagine they had Harden when they they blew that three one lead against. Uh, against the Golden State Warriors. I think they like as much as Harden everyone talks about him being a playoff bus and all this this sort of stuff. I think if they he was on that team still when they were going there, they they don't blow that three one lead. They 
they should they they win a couple of rings i think as, as a trio maybe they don't go down as one of the greatest ever but in terms of this era they would have been unbelievable and it would have been great to see them all develop as a trio together to continue watching them we got to see a, a decent chunk of of uh, russ and kd but it would have been great to see them all develop together into all all stars all all nba men yeah and Honestly, like it, if you think about it in perspective, like we're not gonna do a history lesson here on on the the uh, Thunder, but I'm sure there's so many other teams out there like them. So many other players, like uh, people always lament Trace McGrady, Vince Carter not sitting together. Just so many groups of talented young guys who just want to make it on their own, and they do, but not in the same way as, as some of these trios that are put together. It's very rare to see to see uh, teams organically put it together like the the Warriors. If you look at all these teams, really, Michael Jordan, Pippen, Robin, like that's that's homegrown. Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, homegrown. And Robin was bes- brought in. Let's not forget that. He wasn't drafted. Well, yeah, yes, but he became he became important. Like, yeah, he wasn't like it wasn't like a major acquisition yeah. when they brought him in. It was something that people probably thought was going to fail. Like he 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 left the piston like he left the bad boy pistons, wasn't the most important player on the bad boy pistons, was like kind of floundering on the Spurs, and then he got put there. Mm-hmm. But um but then you, you look at a lot of other most of these trios, like they're kind of put together after the fact. They're um aside from Pow. Um I, I think it's it's something impressive to see teams that like keep guys together, keep a trio together and let them grow, let them be like the best of their ability without those players ending up just wanting to leave. Yeah, unfortunately, obviously it's harder in today's game because it's just that, uh, the, the money that's around. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely harder to keep together. But this, the, the OKC are just always a testament that I think as individuals, they all won the MVP award, all three of them, which is kind of insane to think of. That's insane. And like maybe they wouldn't have been able to do that together, but maybe it was KD was always going to be that shining light out of, out of the three of them. But you you know as a as a trio together, if they somehow could have figured a way to to keep that that bond together, they would have been a multi championship team and one of one of the best of this era without doubt. Yeah, sad to think about. Yeah, we we'll, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll move on from this. Uh, making making us sad now looking back on it, but we'll go over to a to a draft to finish things out. Now this draft is going to be current players that have zero rings. They must have played in the league for at least five years and free agents count if they played for a team last season. So I think I got first pick last time out. So Chris, the floor is yours for your first pick here. Hmm. So I think this one's obvious. Who do I want to win a championship that has not won a championship yet that I think deserves it? So I'm I'm gonna stay off of some of the younger guys that yeah they haven't won yet but like somebody 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 who I really want to win it and I think out of everybody it's got to be Dame Lillard like Dame the guy who's been so committed to his team has been so committed to like being there until recently and now he's getting knocked down for it I mean that that is one of the most exciting playoff players one of the most exciting guards of our generation and somebody who you would have loved to see win a finals to make it all the way. I'm I'm picking Dame first. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, with my first pick, I'm going for a power forward that you might have forgotten about a bit of a, a bit of a curveball here, but I'm showing Blake Griffin in there. Blake in Griffin, his prime, prime Blake Griffin. 
Unbelievable, and and like that, like we are the Clippers unit. That was a team that we would have loved to have seen get to a finals yeah. and, and really go all the way. But Blake Griffin is my my first pick. Dude, prime Blake Griffin is probably one of my favorite players ever. Like I just even like what he did, like when he was still like when he went to the Pistons, he was still like on his way down. But like his his playmaking at that point had really taken a jump. Like how he was evolving as a player. And then he just had to get another knee injury. Like he, mm-hmm. he had such an amazing career for his time in a time where like that type of power forward was starting to to phase out of this league. He was still one of the best players in the league. Um, okay, I, I like that. That's your number one pick. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, second guy, my boy Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's just been. I think you you do a tier. We want to do a tier list of like. Fierce competitors. I don't know how you how you put the name to that, but Jimmy has just been a face of the playoffs for, I mean, five, seven, eight, almost a decade now. And where he's come from too, to see that, like how he's competing. He's started his career competing against LeBron James. He started as a rookie, like seeing what it means to be a champion, and he hasn't made it there yet. But I think Damon Butler, that's that's my core I'm working with. Yeah, I think that, that's you, you gotta, fair. You're, you're a bit in the hole here, Ronan. and you got to yeah, catch up I mean, a little I, bit. I didn't, uh, I didn't like. Uh, I, I'm annoyed that you got you got Jimmy ahead of me there. I just uh, prime Blake. Uh, I like I, it. I, I was gonna, I was gonna have to go with it. I think I'm going with the young guy. Obviously, he's still got a lot of time still to win one. But we're talking about actually building a team right now of guys who don't have rings and could uh, dominate. I'll take, I'll take Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic as as a oh, point guard. Come on. Come, Come on. on, I gotta Taking take a young him. guy. Gotta take one young I, guy. Not that I, I gotta give you negative points for uh, the lack of story there. He hasn't <laughs> earned it yet. He hasn't earned it yet. That's that's fair enough, but that's not what we're doing here. We're trying to build a team that's gonna win, and that's why that's why I'm taking Luka Doncic, right? All right. Well, still taking guys in their prime. Who I don't know. Still kind of his prime. Going with another guard slash forward, Paul George. Oh, you're taking all my picks here, man. Dame, Paul George, Jimmy Butler. I go ahead take take Luca and Blake Griffin. This is this is looking tough for you, man. This is I looking tough for you. Lu- Luca's gonna get cooked. I am in a ginormous hole right now. You <laughs> you are just dominating me right now. Um, there, there's one pick that could save you. We'll we'll see if you you do it though. I don't think I have the pick within me. I guess oh, I don't know about this as a pairing, but if you don't I pick guess... him, it's over. It's over for you. Oh, gosh, what am I gonna do here? Am I picking a, a pick a, a defensive piece that I, I guess I, I need a, a three-time defensive player of the year award, a guy who can protect a rim for me. I'm taking, I'm going to take Rudy Gobert. Dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? You've thrown me off here. You got my, like, what two are you picks doing? In a row. You've done, done, done me so bad. Okay. That that's, that's checkmate because you find You want to, you want to spiel about how Gobert's going to save you. I'll, I'll let you. I mean, like, I'll he's just, he's a, he's a, he's, a great defender. People always like to try and go back on his achievements as as a defensive piece. Now that he's after his year of struggle in Minnesota, yeah. but yeah. this is a guy. He's three time defense player of the year. He could lead my team in rebounding and blocks, and he can be yeah a defensive piece that this team desperately needs. <laughs> One of Blake Griffin and uh, and Luka Doncic. Yeah, that, that's that's really great. I I really look forward to doubling Doncic and Blake Griffin all game long and just leaving Gobert. That's thank you. Um, I'm pretty sure if you're allowed to take. Luka Doncic, that I'm allowed to take Rudy Gobert's father. 
Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, well, yeah, you that, know, I probably should have taken him, but I, I thought didn't occur well, to you? I was thinking more defensive, and I was just <laughs> that's why what I went there. But uh, yeah, that was stupid. Come on, uh, man! I'm failing so hard here. I'm failing so so hard. I, Dame uh, Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Joel Embiid. Yeah, this, this I, is probably one of my favorite drafts we've done. This is this is looking pretty good for me. This is looking like East West All Star Game, like circa 2005. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a lot of trouble. What the hell am I? Who can do save right you? Now? Can I save I you? I don't know who can save me. I don't know. I don't think anyone can save me. I think <laughs> I'm too deep. I'm too deep in it right now. Oh, God, uh, a guy that I just go to guy that we all would have loved to have had a ring. We all would have loved to have not had an injury played career, and to pair with Luka Doncic in my backcourt, I'm gonna take prime MVP D Rose. Why you do that to me? I had to do that. I, kinda, I was you... hoping you'd take him earlier. I was really hoping you'd take him earlier and leave me Jimmy or Paul George, but you didn't do that to me. So I gotta take. I gotta say D Rose. All right, that's the one player that's gonna save you. We're we're just gonna concede. We're gonna concede the game. No one's gonna suit up. We're gonna give D Rose a a ring. Ah, see, I've 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 locked that. That's that's too painful to think about. That's I've locked that away. All right. With my final pick, a guy that I would have loved to see win a championship, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock three wings on this team. I'm going Demar Derozan. Yeah, yeah, that's enough. Prime that's a Demar nice Derozan. Yeah. yeah, it's a shame that he didn't get there, and it's even worse that the second he was out of Toronto, they won a ring straight away. That's <laughs> obviously uh, he's got to get one now. It's obviously not something that you uh, you you like to you like to look back on, but it's uh, definitely. Definitely interesting. I, I I would love to see him get a ring. He's a, he's an all he's definitely I think he's gonna be a Hall of Famer as much as he didn't have the, the star studded career. Like he was the guy out in, in, in Toronto and who knows what that team might have been able to do if it wasn't for LeBron James. Like he just when you're when you're having to compete with the, the with the goat, it's it's not it's not easy, especially when you're out there in Toronto. But he gave he gave it a he gave it a decent whack, and I think that's a nice way to uh to close out your team. I think I'm going to have to go with another young gun, a guy that we've been talking about today because I need this this level of player. I can't think of anyone else. So I'm going to take Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum might might. Save I think he, Prime, he, Prime he, D. Rose might save you. Yeah, Prime like, D. Rose might save you. I had a decent bounce back to finish off there, but that's that's my last week, Jason Tatum. I, I think I'm, I'm going to humbly just say it was just an L I took there and not a complete <laughs> total beatdown, but... I think you you dominated me there. My uh, it it didn't work out as a, as I was planning. You you did your homework and you uh, you took my picks and you uh, you definitely have taken the taken the W on this draft. Yeah, I, I can't believe you you didn't take him. You took Gobert over Embiid. Let's remember this today. You took Gobert over Embiid. You got you got pressed by Dame and Butler and you picked Gobert over Embiid. Yeah, that's. that's- Let's just end the podcast. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean you got you got in my head, bro. You 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 took the lead early and I just could not recover. You were you were you were living in my mind rent free right there. All right, what what am I two and one now in our drafts? I'll take that. Two one. You're 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 up. I, I'll have to think of a good one where I know that you'll somehow struggle, which is probably not gonna be the case, but uh 
Next one, I'm gonna have to really do my homework, so I can't get phased like you, uh, <laughs> like like you've done me in there. But I, I think that's gonna do it for today's episode. A fun little way to finish off. Chris taking a a well earned W. It was fun to talk Celtics. Fun to talk Kings. There are two teams that are gonna be very interesting to watch this year. The Celtics, especially if they're they're healthy, they could really dominate sixty wins. Even in that in in that Eastern Conference, they could be the number one team in this NBA if they are healthy. The Kings. Can that defense improve? Can Fox, Murray, Sabonis take things to another level? Keep an eye on them. Some things are going to change as we move towards the season. Hopefully a few moves go down. Hopefully there's a bit more news to talk about. But we remain in the doldrums of the offseason. But hopefully we're able to brighten up just a little bit. Thank you all so much for listening. My thanks to Chris for joining me. And please remember you like what you're hearing. Like, subscribe, comment. You keep doing that and we'll keep producing that content. Most importantly, remember to take every shot and love every moment.